Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. This is IMSA Radio. qualifying day for the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, where we will get all of the classes out on the circuit, GTD and GTD Pro going out together, LMP2, and then GTP. But before we get there, let's revisit a moment from Media Day, because we still have more drivers that we've heard from. Well, you haven't heard from them quite yet. Let's fix that now. Corey Lewis, it looked like you maybe weren't going to be in the Rolex this year a couple weeks ago, and then all of a sudden you've got a full-season GTD ride in a Ford Mustang GT3. What exactly did you ask Santa for Christmas, and how did you get it? I prayed a lot. Let's just put it that way, and I asked Santa to at least be nice and allow me to come to Daytona and have a ride here, and then... uh... You know, you wake up Christmas morning, I still didn't have any answers, and uh, I thought maybe, you know... Santa meant I missed the house. <laughs> so, um, no, no uh, racing gifts on, on Christmas morning. But uh, come the new year, the uh, the, the racing gods had, had blessed me with opportunities to not only be in the show, um, but have a full season ride, like you mentioned, in the new Ford Mustang GT3 car. Um, a lot of hype behind it. So it's just like everything aligned. You know, um, I was almost fully committed on saying, you know what, maybe it just it wasn't my year and. I was looking at other options, you know, trying to find income just to pay my bills type of deal. It was to the point where I didn't know what I was going to do. But, um, you know, things happen for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that and counting my lucky stars for sure. Um, many, many people to to say thank you to uh, for, for this opportunity for the for the Proton uh, full season deal. So it's just um, counting my lucky stars. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. But now it's, uh, it's time to put the the work cap on and, and get get things going it's another gt3 mark for you to have driven you started out as a bit of a lamborghini specialist winning a ton of championships in that uh, series back in the super trofeo days moving on to bmw finding success there as well with the win in the 12 hours of sebring now bringing a car from the grassroots up and you're with a good team i mean proton knows what they're doing but how much more different is this experience than coming into an organization where the car is already established you know, it's it's a, a unique experience for sure. And obviously, you have the close ties with Ford, uh, Ford Performance, Multimatic, and, and the Ford Factory program team. And, uh, you know, I'm good friends with Dirk and know Joey quite well. And, and Dirk's been a, a big help just kind of feedback and, and what to expect. You know, just after turning my first laps, you know, a couple minutes ago, it's, it's exactly to what Dirk had mentioned. And... Um, to your point of developing the car, so to speak. Um, they've done an awesome job for performance, Multimatic. They, they've done a, a great job in the off-season building this car up and into making it what it is today. But it's still an ongoing process. There's still boxes that need to be checked and things that can be improved. Um, and to be on the ground floor and kind of working hand-in-hand with the factories is, is very unique and, and a cool experience. Um, and on top of that, it's an American brand, American company, and uh, being a fellow American, it's uh, almost a 
a dream come true, really. Um, so it's a, all the stars are aligning. It's it's been a unique process, but it's a growing process, and the cars will only get better from here. I mean, you touched on it, the fact that you are an American boy, you've grown up with the Andretti's. So as far as racing goes, it's in your blood. But now to be part of such a big American brand coming back onto a global stage, the global aspect enters into it too. This car is going to be raced all around the world. So what you're doing here at Daytona is going to help people in ELMS and WEC. It's going to just diversify out. Do you ever think about maybe this is my ticket to get to Le Mans finally? You know, I could I could continue to dream, and maybe these uh, racing gods could bless me with an opportunity to race at Le Mans. I mean, it's always been my goal is to to race at Le Mans, and uh, now that that opportunity is, is happening uh, for the program, you know, it may not happen this coming season, but who knows what next year may bring or the following year or whatever it may be. Um, it's in the pipeline; you just never know. Um, but to have a, a close tie to to everyone that's going and. I feel if I can just do my job and, and do what I know and love to do inside the car, the pace can be there, and maybe I'll get that call to, to go overseas and race at Le Mans. But, uh, you know, first things first, and let's get some results here in Ipsa. You've won this race before. Uh, Ryan Hardwick, your co-driver for the Endurance Drivers, he's also won the race. Your other two co-drivers, one of them's never even been in the race before. So it's a very different group. What will you be happy with at the end of next Sunday? Honestly, I mean, we're all so competitive, and it's it's a cool group that we have with, with Ryan, Dennis, and, and DiMarco. Like, we, we all have the same mindset, and right now we have the slow roll approach. It's such a new car to everybody, yeah, and, and Dennis has been great. You know, he's driven the car a few times before this, so we're kind of leaning on him just to kind of get the ball rolling. But uh, you can already tell just from the feedback that Dennis and I have, like, the exact same car, same feedback. So... I think at the end of uh, next Sunday, or at the end of the race next Sunday, I feel like, you know, if we finish the race, yeah, that's a massive accomplishment for the brand itself. It's their first time running this race in a GT3 car, but ultimately you want to win it. Realistically, I think we'd be happy with the top five. If we win the thing, I'd, I'd cry all over again like we did in 2020 and uh, create more of more photos that people still uh, poke at, poke fun at me for, but um, it's such a special moment. And these races are so difficult with the competition. It's anybody's anybody's race. So um, I think if we just uh, continue to our run plan and uh, the, the progress that we already had, I think we'll be okay. I don't know whoever would make fun of you for those uh, crying photos or whoever would harass you with those. Um, but this is a different situation for you, Corey, because now this race counts for championship season long points and that matters to you and to Jan Marco. So how much are you going to approach this race in a slightly different aspect of, yeah, I want to win it, but also I don't want to bin it in the final hour because that can impact my October. Yeah, I mean, it's, you got to think now extremely long haul, yeah. you know. Uh, I'm used to being the endurance guy and bringing the car in and making sure there's no damage on the car and handing off to the boys to, to do their, their runs. Um, but ultimately, you know, you, you got to do the job at hand. And I'm approaching each race now quickly. As everything quickly came together, it's like, all right, I got a channel and just, you know, let's focus race by race. Let's keep the car one piece as priority um, and make sure we can maximize results, whatever that may be. It is what it is. Um, like I said, these races are, can go one way or another. Um, but I know with Proton Competition, uh, they, they build an awesome program and uh, have all the faith in the world within within the team. We're just uh, thinking long haul and, and see what we can get. But I've never won an overall championship before, and that's always been a bucket list of mine. And 
I've watched many friends and been a part of uh, programs that have won the overall championships. Uh, I want mine. <laughs> it's a Rolex debut for Adam Adelson, but last year at this time in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race, things, they were going well until the end of the race. We're not going to talk about the end, but your first time racing at Daytona, you got pretty darn close to that first place trophy. It wasn't the 24-hour race, but still, does that make you more excited to come back here for some reason? Definitely. I mean, I don't know. I, I really enjoy driving this track and, um, you know, being able to be, be up on the banking, running the high line for quality, doing all that cool stuff. You know, it's it's super unique and it's super, super fun. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that that, that that scenario particularly makes me want to win this race any, you know, too much more. Um, more so all the second place championship trophies that I've gotten makes me want to win more races. So, yeah. That's valid. Uh, you've picked an exciting year to come into GTD and very interesting because it's the first time that we've had five endurance races. So looking at everything coming up on the calendar, do you have any one that you have circled more than the others? I would definitely say this race for sure. Um, this race, Sebring probably just as much if not more um just because sebring is up there with as one of my favorite tracks um but also it's not an endurance race but we're also doing long beach and that's my home race so uh that would be a really 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 special one to to bring home a good result with what have you done differently in your life to prepare for this race because i know that it's a big one yeah um I've, I would say it kind of started in the middle of last season. Well, obviously, last year being rookie GT3 year, that was, uh, you know, we were working, I was working really, really hard to get myself up to speed and, and be as fast as I want to be, and I'm still not there. Um, but, you know, towards the, you know, back half of the racing season last year, I quit my full-time job as a mechanical engineer and um, to really focus on my career as a racing driver um, full-time. And, um, you know, that renewed focus and that, uh, you know, additional time, which is a massive amount, um, you know, really allowed me uh, for the back half of the season last year and throughout the off-season to really be a lot more focused. Uh, you know, I've lost a good amount of weight, yeah. spent a lot of time on the sim, um, spent a spent a good amount of time on track in a myriad of different types of cars, and um, you know that's that's what I've been doing, and I feel as ready as ever. You're with the right team as well, and I mean that in more than one sense. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. But to be driving with Jan Halen for the endurance races and Elliot Skier, your your BFF, your yeah. your number one guy. But Halen's a good one to try and learn things from. He's won Daytona. He's won Sebring. Has he already begun to help you? Oh, yeah. Um, even throughout last year when he was in our sister car, um, you know, just within the Wright Motorsports camp, um, within the team, it's it's really amazing just the teamwork and camaraderie that everybody has. Um, we want, everybody wants everyone to succeed, even if the sister car is competing directly against you. Um, but, you know, Jan worked with me, you know, in a much closer sense uh, when we tested here in December for the tire test and it was absolutely incredible um, to be able to have an alternative an alternate perspective 
on my progression, my capabilities as a as a newer driver, um, is so 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 valuable to me. And uh, you know, Elliot's been my coach since day one, and so he's had his perspective on my driving, and I've really taken to to him as you know the type of driver that I am, and to to have somebody as experienced as as talented. Um, you know, as and as just a compl- as complete of a race car driver as Jan, to to be able to help me out now in addition to Elliot, and also for this race, Fred Fred McAvecki. Um, I I'm trying to come come into this weekend like a sponge. You know, I want to learn as much as I can. Well, and, and talk about finding out that you're going to be sharing a Porsche with Fred McAvecki because that in and of itself is just. It's cool, and you, a student of the sport, had to have been like, "Oh my God, is this real life?" Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, with with a lot of the racing I've watched in the past, and and to see, you know, to have somebody who I saw always on the entry lists, and you know, always just running with so much pace and and so much success in his career. Um, now to have him in in my car as a teammate um it's the same same scenario as 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 i said with jan it's i just want to be like a sponge i want to learn as much as i can and uh you know really maximize that opportunity what are you going to be satisfied with at the end of next weekend is it a watch or bust uh it's it's really hard to say that right i don't think you know i think everybody who's here wants to watch um but this is my second 24-hour race ever, and it's, uh, you know, my first in WeatherTech, and the, the first one having been the 24 hours in Dubai, which was also my, which was almost a year ago today, um, and that was my first time ever in a GT3 car. Um, so that was a hell of, a, of an experience, but really, you know, last year, um, we we're focused on learning and getting me up to speed and we ended up competing for a championship with multiple race wins so we're focused i'm focused on the same things here um but i i've come to realize that when you are focusing on all, all of the right things and gaining the experience and bettering yourself as a driver that's usually when the best results will come so you know i do want to watch i really want one um I would love to start the season out this way, and I really believe in our team, in our car, and in our driver lineup. I, I believe in the whole entire program that, that we have what it takes to do it. Um, but, you know, you expect the worst, hope for the best, right? So that's where I'm at. So I want to start things off with Alessandro Balzon by showing him my book of knowledge that I've got written here. You got the Sebring win, you got the Watkins win, you got the Petit win, you've got two GTD championships, the Endurance, the Grand Am, Ferrari Challenge, but fourth at Daytona. What is it about this race that just is so hard to win? You know, it's uh, so many things can go wrong or, or right. You know, I think uh, 17, that was the year where we really thought that everything was good, looking good. And with, I believe, one hour and a half to go, we were leading the class. And uh, that that the, that edition, remember, the night was really hard. It was cold, rain, was 
I there was ice at one point coming um, from the grandstand, and uh, but really we all did was sharing the car with Matteo, uh, Cressoni, Christina. She did an incredible job, and Sam Bird, and yeah, it was not really the engine that fell in that particular occasion, but it was a, an issue with uh, a gearbox that actually we sent uh, to Europe mm. just not to take any type of uh, you know risk we really went and have the the gearbox rebuilt before the race and something happened and you know basically that uh, created the issue and then we had to retire when we were leading with uh, a very great lead the the car was amazing that year and yeah that was uh, took me like I think a month to go back to have a good quality of sleep yeah so I was like keep yeah. uh, keep dreaming that I I won the race and I was like I was waking oh. up like no that was just a dream that was pretty bad oh. so and then really the other the other edition where we always been competitive uh, and last year was the worst mm. remember like we got hit on lap oh, yeah. one corner one oh, yeah. and really the team and Ferrari said, you know, I think you have to retire the car because, you know, the damage is so heavy. And really, we 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 couldn't accept the fact to retire the car after a crash in corner one, lap one of a 24 hours. But after one hour, we had to retire the car and actually never turn even a lap. So it's a, it's a tough race. Uh, I never personally won at 24 hours. You know, I and uh, it takes extra, you know, like there are never give up. And to be smart and take care of the car is still the key. But of course, with the, it's so different than 10 years ago. Where I remember 10 years ago, I had to kind of take really good care of the cars on the brakes. And now these races are now are like the sprint races. Like flat out, when you go green, it's, it's you go green, really. Like you have any three, four, tenth, one second. So yes, don't take risk. But then the team yell at you like, come on, you cannot lose so much time on traffic. Like, okay. Then it's it's a fine balance now. It's a, it's a, it's tough, but uh, especially with this year with the the, the grid that is incredible. Uh, twenty four cars in your class, twenty three, something like that. It, it's a stacked class. But you've now got experience with Conquest Racing. You've been with them for a few years in other series. Bringing them into GTD, a category that you know so well. You've won so many races in this series. Do you feel like they are ready to make this step? Absolutely, no. Conquest racing, you know, this was like part of a plan. It's not something like, oh, let's go do insights. Like <laughs> the plan was to do the uh, GT World Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple of wins with the 296. And it, it's also nice to have some very familiar faces in the team. You know, the crew chief actually is the same crew chief that I had uh, back when I won my championship in IMSA. So, you know, yes, it's very no- good. Is I think, one of the best in the business. Yeah. And uh, as well as, you know, our engineer. Near, is uh, done this race many times. The strategy here is very important, knowing the rules. So uh, it's a uh, the team of, of course uh, improve and change a lot from last year. Uh, and of course, it was like in IMSA, you need more people to work. So the the addition and you know the work that uh, you know Conquest Racing did uh, during the winter uh, makes me feeling very confident, honestly, going into this race. How much of a difference do you feel in the car from when you first rolled it out with Conquest at the beginning of last year, or even to where it was with Chetelar last year at Daytona, to where it was at the end of the SRO season? Hey, the team uh, learned the car a lot. I think uh, all the teams all over the world needed to understand the new platform, and it's a very different platform than the 488. Uh, 
I remember the first shakedown I did was in December uh, 2022, actually. Uh, it was clear that the potential of the car was incredible. But also was uh, very important to me like that the setup and to operate properly the car, you have to be very precise on everything. Uh, not, it's not really a difficult car to drive, but you know, it's I think also with regulation, everything is so more extreme. When now these cars are the window to operate the car has to be, you have to be very good on setting up the car. So I think honestly, halfway through the season, a little bit all this championship had to give a little bit of help to the car because at the beginning the car was real. Like we have no, we had no horsepower. That I think was for me the main issue. And then I, I you can see like through Europe and also little by little in IMSA, the car was competitive at Petit Le Mans with Rizzi. And we, we start to be competitive finally halfway through the season. And, but of course, uh, a lot of, from the team for sure the driver I had actually to change my driving style a little bit yeah so you know it's like more you know respecting uh, the platform and you know being uh, uh, more like you know like a, a fine driving that's kind of like goes well with my driving style and uh, that everything I think add to finally making the car competitive and uh, this is we had good test in December the new tires actually are 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 something that we need to understand uh, very well the tire pressure the degradation you know being uh, taking you know like really trying to understand and to keep the tires in the window looking at this driver lineup that you've got for the Rolex you're right now the Rolex only driver uh, which still buckles my mind because you're a multi-time IMSA champion but your protege a young man who came into racing from a lot of good fortune uh, Manny Franco I have so enjoyed watching Manny through Ferrari Challenge I know you have enjoyed coaching him as well this is a big step for Manny coming into the Rolex how proud are you to see how quickly he's developed to go from racing nothing in 2021 to now making his first start I think they. I was thinking like today I was driving here. I said I think I'm excited for many. I'm not. I don't think you know. I used to be. I mean, 2013. That was my first Daytona. I was like, I was so excited when I went under the tunnel. I was like, like a fan. You know, like yeah. oh my god, this is so nice. Coming from a very small village from Italy, I was like, wow, this is this is awesome. And I I told many, look, I'm so excited for you, and I really want you to have fun, and I really want to make sure you you have everything you need to have fun. Because uh, it will be crazy to think, okay, let's go win this. Because you know, is is it's it's it will be a dream. But uh, honestly, Manny has all the numbers, the skills, and the talent to do well. He showed that you know many times in Ferrari Challenge, but then also in a much bigger pond that is the GT World Challenge, and he did some IMSA sanctioned body races yeah. you know so uh, he's been here many times he personally liked Daytona he yeah. likes the track uh, at the test actually he was uh, very kind of you know concerned about the traffic but I think the December test was a perfect introduction for him yeah. to the you know prototypes that are crazy quick out there and he said you know what that's actually much much better than I expected so having the spotters and everything it's it's a different type of racing but you know he's young and this is his dream so you know he's just uh, he feels very blessed to be here and uh, to be able to to do this you mentioned uh, the Ferrari being a very comfortable platform, the, the new car that we've got now, the 296. That's coming to Ferrari Challenge as well. So when that comes in, do you think that's going to help bring more gentlemen drivers perhaps up to this next level? 
I think that is a, such an incredible, you know, really like uh, when they announced the new car, I mean, I, I do believe the car basically sold out yeah. and all the portion for North America are actually the production and the and the development of the car went very good. And the car, I think, are getting here very soon, actually, for as far as the 296 Challenge car. I didn't have the opportunity to drive the car yet, but the look at it and it looks like much closer to a GT3 car. Mm-hmm. And that's great. The, the road car, the machinery it's it's insane you know the road car here daytona i i did like a couple of hot laps during the course of pilot and it's so easy to go over 210 miles per hour oh. but like easy i'm like oh my god this thing is too fast usually i complain about the bop I say, oh, we should bop the road car <laughs> it was really it's in coming out the bus stop it just goes like it's incredible and so the challenge car will be a nice uh, nice step from the 488 evo you know, we had the 488 challenge and the Evo was a good introduction of more downforce. That's the direction to go. And also, I think that's the right direction because then, you know, the customer will be more ready in case to jump to the GT3 car. So a nice ladder to the Ferrari uh, cars. And final question. If this year, by some fortune, someone smiles down upon you and you win the watch, are you going to wear it? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I wear you know, all the other watches that I won. And, and that's how actually I think that's a, a marketing because I never care about watches till 2013. Then I went to the Grand Am uh, Gala yeah. and they gave me the watch. I said, oh, this is nice. Then I, I put on my wrist like, oh, I like this. So And then and then I got addicted. So I am I like watches way too much. So I start to have collection is a big word but uh, I'm a good Rolex customer (laughs) and I would like to have uh, you know sometime buy one get one for free and hopefully (laughs) this year I don't know (laughs) good luck this year thank you so much Sandy Mitchell welcome back to IMSA Racing Uh, no pressure you're in the car that won the last race in GTD though what's it been like to fit in with Forte Racing yeah it's cool I mean it feels like the team's got a good bit of uh, momentum behind them I think they were just getting better and better throughout last year um, you know along with the car and with the first year of the Evo 2 for Lamborghini and yeah I think just got stronger and stronger and hopefully we you know as a whole team and everything we can take that into into this weekend uh, and next weekend but yeah it's been really easy to get uh, to know the guys are all super friendly good mix of guys that uh, I know from Italy as well as um, you know the American guys on the team um, and yeah I've settled in well with my teammates um, and yeah got to know them really well over the the last week or so spent some time with at the team's um, place in Charlotte as well so I feel like as a team we've kind of got to know each other quite well before this first race which is always pretty nice and uh, yeah I feel like we're ready to go now. You did get to do the Super Trofeo season, so you've raced at quite a few North American tracks, but Daytona, it's its own beast. What's it like to race around the high banks? Yeah, it's super unique. I mean, the the banking, like even driving into the track today, it always shocks you when you see it, and uh, yeah, it starts giving you goosebumps, and oh, it's an amazing place, so historic, you know, even you know anyone almost even outside of motorsport knows where you are when you say that you're at Daytona, and uh, Yes, for a European driver to come over to do this race, it's always really prestigious, and I'm yeah really glad to be part of the team. Is it just the watch that draws you over here, or is there something else that, that you want to accomplish in North America? Yeah, of course, it's a big thing, and uh, yeah, I'm into my watches myself, so it'd be pretty cool to, <laughs> to be able to add that to the very small collection at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I guess 
you know, like I want to be racing in all the top endurance races throughout uh, throughout the world. That's really my my passion at the moment. And you know, I've done Spa 24 Hours um, quite a few times over the last few years as part of GT World Challenge. And uh, yeah, I'd love to race in IMSA more in general. But to be able to come here and hopefully strengthen the team for this the 24 is is a yeah a great thing. And yeah, it's one of those historic races of each year and uh, the one one of them that you look forward to. So it's great to start off the year in this way. What other big races are on your calendar, or, or would you like to have on your calendar, I should say? Yes, yeah, so it looks like I'll be back at Spa for the big races for the 24, which is cool. Um, looks like quite a bit of racing over in Europe, not so much on this side of the water this year. Um, so, yeah, I think quite a lot of races in the UK and also in Europe, uh, all with Lamborghini, is, is looking like it's going to be my program. So, yeah, hopefully everything should come pieced together in the next couple of weeks and, uh, yeah, should keep uh, eyes peeled for some news soon, hopefully. But like dream races, Sebring, Le Mans, Bathurst, like what, what do you look at and think, oh, I'd like to have a go? Yeah, Sebring, I'd definitely like to have a go. I've done it a lot with some friends on iRacing, which uh, <laughs> is never quite the same. So yeah. it would be, uh, but it's a track I like. So yeah, it would be cool to, to go there um, at some point and compete in the 12 hour. And then, of course, Le Mans is a, a dream for any endurance racer or, or any racer in general. So, yeah, now that GT3 machinery is, is racing there, and that's kind of my, my goal for the next few years. And, uh, yeah, all these big races. Bathurst has got to be up there as well. I mean, as a track, it's just incredible. And, yeah, I've never been there, been there yet, so it's definitely high up on the bucket list. I don't know if I would go without having a drive because when you do the track walk and you see how much more narrow it is than online, it's staggering. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a good list you got going. Now, yeah. when you ran in North America, you were with Wayne Taylor, right? Yeah. So do you still have any affiliation with them, any affection toward them? Do you see them on the pit stand and wave and smile and think about the good memories? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I look back on that year as like one of the most fun years that we had Um results wise we did really well and if it wasn't for some bad luck at the last round um, at the world final we we could have been world champions and north american champions but we were super competitive um, came runners up in the world final in the end and yeah i got on really well with those guys i was traveling around america with my italian teammate andrea Michi, and yeah we had a great time so and uh, no, I, I still get on really well with with travis and the guys there and uh, yeah whenever i'm in a pit lane that they're in i always go and say hi and uh, kind of hang out with them sometimes during the weekend so yeah I'm sure I'll bump into them uh, today at some point Is it difficult and weird to come into a team as a fourth driver for Daytona only so you're not really the one who needs the seat time but you're also the factory guy so you're the one who knows the car the best does that create any sort of tension within a team? Um, So far it's been really good I mean I think um, you know, uh, for example, Devlin's not so experienced with the, the Lamborghinis, but a very experienced racing driver in general. So, you know, he'll uh, he'll be working closely with with uh, me and Loris to you know just to get up to speed with the car because he's obviously a talented driver. Um, so, yeah, for me, I've got on really well with the team so far, and I, I don't see that changing. And uh, yeah, like you say, I know the car well, so I just need to get dialed back into the track and and into the team and their kind of philosophy of running running the car setup. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, after a few laps we'll, we'll be up and running and all good. Well, Devlin's got to watch. Misha's got to watch. So you and Loris obviously need them. Uh, were you to win the watch, would you actually wear it? Uh, I've seen Devlin wearing his today, which is a pretty <laughs> cool flex. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things that at the moment I'd love to say, yeah, but when it's in your hands, it's whether you want to keep it nice and shiny and, and new. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a good chance that I would, but very rarely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sandy, good luck. Uh, enjoy Daytona. Thanks very much. Looking forward to it.
This is a very different experience for Alex Lynn coming to Daytona and worrying about faster cars passing you. Um, having a lot of experience in particularly the Cadillac as far as the GTP is concerned, do you feel that this gives you an advantage now running in GTD, the slowest class, to be able to know when to let the cars pass? I think it does, yeah. I think you also are aware of what uh, is capable and what isn't capable, uh, where is good for you and where is good for them um, to overtake and stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a different experience for me, but one I'm, I'm looking forward to. You have success in GT cars as well. Let's not forget Le Mans win. Like, that's nothing to, to sniff at. But coming into this team, new car, not, to, well, yes to you, because it is a new car in general, but I was going to say at least you've got the experience of having the GM badge on your chest, yeah. but a new team as well. So it's it's a different adaptation process, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, and, you know, it's a, step, it's a new step for AWA to come into the GTD class, a brand new car. Uh, globally, so from that side, there's a lot of firsts. Um, but the main thing is the cars are very strong package. Uh, we've tested it, and also the car itself has done a lot of mileage with um, you know Pratt and Miller. So from that side, it's uh, I think it's going to be a capable uh, package together. Ori Fadani is the bronze driver. Uh, Ori's dad with very strong connections to CTMP. I know a track mm. that you enjoyed racing at a couple yeah. of years ago. But CTMP, connections to Ron Fellows, no wonder it wound up in a Corvette for this team. It feels kind of like fate was always leading them in that direction. Is that kind of how the team feels as well? I heard that story, actually, because uh, I was unaware of the, the links when I, when I was announced to be joining the team, yeah. and then I was made aware of it. So actually, yeah, I'm, I like it when sort of... You know, fate collides a little bit, and uh, you know, history is you know is made actually. So that's cool. Um, I'm excited to be a small part of that. AWA is a team that knows how to win the Rolex, having done it last year mm-hmm. in the LMP3. That was the sister car, the 17. Um, obviously, different category, but that was a massive gap that the 17 was able to pull out over everyone else. I think they had the win cinched up with about 45 minutes to go in the race. Yeah. How many of the same strategy people are on the box, even though the car is different? I think both on both sides of the car are the same on the 13 and the 17. Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of engineering prowess in this team. Um, you know, with Jeff Braun on, on our side. So from that side, I think we've got the right people to make the right calls. And um, I think we've got the right drivers as well in the car to, to pull off something cool next Sunday. You're joining a trio because these three drivers, uh, Lars Kern, the third driver, Mapel and Ori, they've been together for such a long time now. They've really formed a good bond between them. Mm-hmm. Have they welcomed you in? Yeah, they have. I feel really welcome in the team. Um, you know, as sort of like the... I guess the the GM representative coming in, um, it's cool. I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of this team, and, and I'm actually excited to see what we can do come Sunday. You've gone from being Cadillac to being full-on GM with this uh, sort of development in your career. Mm-hmm. What's it like to consider yourself a factory Corvette driver? I think when you race in North America, it's, quite, like, it's uh, obviously being a very, uh, let's say, European kind of guy. Um, it was a real treat, to be honest, to come over here and be a part of such a prestigious brand. Uh, you know, the Corvette fans here in North America are really cool, and I was always able to see that racing against them at Le Mans and the following that this brand has, and it's very special. Uh, so, again, to be part of that history is, is really, really cool. But, I mean, you've gone up against them. Uh, when you were racing for Aston Martin, so Ollie Gavin comes to mind. He's, yeah. he's one of the great British racing drivers who represented Corvette. Now you have an opportunity to kind of join that rank. And, all right, you're not doing a full season. This is a yeah. one-off. But Corvette winning Rolex, doesn't matter if it's factory or if it's you. It's still representing the brand. That's it. That's it. And, um, you know, from my side, 
it's about creating history and I think we've got a chance to do some with a brand new car mm-hmm. um, you know I think it's a Z06 GT3 dot R uh, so from that side it's a really cool car and, and I think this car is going to have a very special future that's for sure the Z06 the previous iteration had a lot of success mm-hmm. at the Rolex as well um, I'm thinking I think the win in 2016 was still a Z06 um, but that said Corvette has so many built-in fans so are you prepared wearing a yellow and black fire suit driving a yellow and black Corvette for all that love that's coming your way yeah I mean it's the right color combo for, yeah. for a Corvette race car uh, so yeah I'm excited to, to just see what that's going to be like and you know, last year I think was like a record attendance and I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's going to be even better than that with more big manufacturer mm-hmm. uh, involvement. I think it's going to be a cool weekend. Did you bring a book to read when you're going around the banking? Because, I mean, the speed differential, the lap time, it's going to be so different for you. It doesn't feel that much, to be honest. Really? No, no, honestly, it doesn't. Um, you know, a race car on the limit is a race car on the limit. Mm. Uh, so actually, yeah, you, you very quickly adapt. Um mm. For me, it, it feels super normal uh, to just go in between, um, yeah. which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And finally, what do you think you're going to learn from driving the GT3 car? Because we are going to see them in the WEC uh, with mm-hmm. TF Sport. What do you think you're going to learn about driving this car that will help you when you get back into your full season gig back in the WEC in the top class? I think I think as a the car's taking massive leaps forward every time it runs, uh, and I don't think there's anything better than this car could do than running this race especially with what it's got coming up you know Qatar will be very soon um, so any anything that we can help find out for the car's development I think would be super super good for the program good luck starting out the year on the right foot thanks Shane a year ago we sat here Sheena Monk and you were looking at a brand new challenge now you've had a year of experience i've seen your growth in the gt3 car do you feel like a different driver than you were in january 2023 yeah absolutely no question um last year i came in and i was pretty green frankly you know i knew it was a big task it was a tall task but um i was gonna have Catherine helping me along the way um so i felt like my approach was pretty healthy in the way i came into it as far as um, I wasn't going to over push myself and lose my confidence. I wanted to just, you know, make small strides or, you know, hopefully some big strides, but just keep building on that. Um, I, unfortunately, I did leave last year um, with a, a bit of disappointment in a way. I just felt like um, there was a few instances where I think we maybe should have had a little bit more success than we did. But, you know, as fate would have it, sometimes it wasn't meant to be our day. Um, but now with, you know, that growth that you speak of throughout last year, um, I do feel different and I feel like we're going to hit the ground running a lot better this year, just with where I'm at. And, um, you know, that feels good to go into the year like that. Well, and last year, the best result of the year was here at Daytona. Um, it was a, a very strong effort to begin the year, especially from a team where we didn't know what to expect. Uh, both Acuras ran well. And actually, Acuras never DNF'd as far as GT3 is concerned. So that's got to put the confidence in your court because you are with the right manufacturer. Yes, no wins at Daytona, but also the fact they finish the race every time. Talk about the confidence that you needed to stay with this team to stay with this car and and cat and to think this is the right package i think it's just a a, an easy choice at this point the team is so familiar you know every every single 
bolt and piece of that car um every you know member of the gradient crew knows the car like the back of their hand and so um i think also too it's good for me to have another year in the exact same car and just not have to relearn something um i think all the gt3 cars are frankly very capable it's just a matter of you know, from where I'm at in the class and as a driver, I, th- I think that it's the right choice. And for me, it's how I'm going to end up getting results is just to have that little bit of familiarity. Um, you know, it's like the Acura is kind of coming to the end of its tenure as well. And so, you know, like you've said, I didn't know that the car has never DNF'd here. That's a great stat. Um, but I think as the car starts to fade off into the sunset, you know, maybe we we'd like to give that its uh its final maiden voyage with wins so um yeah i'm looking forward to it i think um we did the you know the bop testing here in december and i think that that was really positive just as far as getting everybody on uh, a more level playing field so um I- i'm optimistic and last year with the great result that we had here we were actually kind of limping the car um <laughs> because we had a turbo issue actually and so you know, I think with a healthy car, we've got a shot. You've got Kat back again. You've got Tatiana in the car. And then Stephen Mackler. Um, Stephen's a guy who's got a remarkable record. I mean, every single time that he's run an IMSA championship, he's finished first, second, or third in it. He's the fourth driver. So how much seat time do you actually give him for this race? Wait, so that's a phenomenal stat as well. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't know this about his, his championship runs. That's a, that's a healthy uh, stat. He's a good dude to have. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, Steven is just a plug-and-play kind of guy, and I don't care what car, what class, you know, what, what manufacturer. You put him in the car, and he's just ready to go. So I think it's, um, you know, with um, Mario moving on and away from Acura, um, I think that Steven is just – the kind of guy and I've known Steven for a long time and I've always wanted to race with him and just for whatever reason the stars never aligned and I I'm always sending him like you know Braveheart stuff because he's 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 the Scottish uh warrior that we have on our side and I I I look at him as like you know I can there's a rally cry and Steven's ready to fight to the death and that's the kind of person I want on my side yeah I, I can see Stephen doing whatever it takes to get the car to the front at the end. He does have that Braveheart mentality. Um, speaking of that, as far as last year was concerned, what race do you look back from last year and most excites you to go back to that track for another go-around for this year, aside from Daytona? Uh, besides Daytona, for sure, I'm looking going back to Long Beach. Uh, phenomenal atmosphere, great crowd, awesome track. And it was my first time there last year, so I was still kind of getting my feet wet with it but um the car is very strong there um and i just in general i just enjoyed that whole experience around that weekend so uh definitely looking forward to going back there and honorable mention would definitely be sebring so well it's your birthday weekend too so it's another reason to celebrate i know and you think you know maybe i'll get a little luck going my way during my birthday hopefully fingers crossed yeah st patrick's day too yeah look at the irish um as far as we are looking towards the season going forward, what will you be happy with at the end of the year? Such a tough question. Um, Sorry about that. No, I, I have big expectations. Um, and the class is getting, as far as I'm concerned, it's even more competitive this year than it was last year, just as far as some of the pairings that you see for full season. Um, you know, I... I would be happy if Kat and I can walk away with a win. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, it's it's a bold statement, but I I feel like we should have at least a podium at the very minimum, and I will be shocked if that doesn't happen. Just because I feel like I've grown, um, you know, cat is cat, so not too many questions there. But I just think that the pairing and you know the way the the team at Gradient Racing performs, I I feel like at this point in time we owe that to JG Wentworth as a thank you, and so I, I think that's in the cards for us. Good luck. You guys might just be the dark horse for this race. Oh, thanks. I love being the dark horse. Factory BMW driver, Madison Snow. It's pretty cool that on the website, uh, the driver that's right above you is Valentino Rossi. That's a big promotion as far as we're concerned because now your paychecks, well, they come from racing. Is it fun to get that honor? Uh, it's cool to you know have been asked and you know accepted into the BMW family. It's definitely a, a big deal. We'll see where it, you know, where it goes from here, but it definitely opens up a lot of opportunities. You're still Paul Miller, though, and you're still with this BMW program, but now you're a two-time champion in GTD. You've won the Sprint Cup twice, not going for that anymore because you guys changed classes, GTD Pro. I joked last year that it was because you wanted the car to all look in the same color, and now you added a sponsor that's actually the same color. Is there any logic to that? Yeah, right now the car looks really great with the... You know, we always have ran red. It's always kind of been the Palmola racing color. And then GTD Pro, that adds red to it. It definitely looks a lot better than the green on the car. And then now we've picked up iHeartRadio, and everything matches perfectly right now. So the car looks awesome. Makes people with OCD very happy. Um, last year, you and Brian managed to get five wins on the season. Now it's a very different-looking category and very different competition level. Are you guys anticipating having to run the program differently because you're in a different class i mean i think uh strategy is one of the biggest changes that we'll have to adapt to i mean the competition is a lot stronger but the pro class has always run a different strategy than the am class has um especially for the endurance races and well i guess for everything a lot of it's been related to drive time but also I couldn't tell you. I mean, I guess we gotta. I'll be, I'll be paying attention at Daytona here to see what is different. You've been someone who never cares who you're racing against. You just want to beat everyone. But now you're racing against people that are more friendly because they're people that you've worked with, particularly last year. You weren't battling against the pro class, so it didn't matter if you were going to upset the Corvette or the 14 Lexus or the 23 Heart of Racing Aston. So you've become sort of friends with some of these people. Has that changed at all since now you're their rival? I mean, I usually when I'm on track, you're just racing whoever you're around. And if they're in your class, you're going to race them as hard as anybody else is. Mm. New tire for this year. What are you expecting from the Michelin? We were uh, able to get on the new Michelin tire at the IMSA BOP test. Had a little bit of time on it, but I honestly can't say what it's going to be like until we're actually in a race, pushing, battling, you know, or even running over debris that's on the track and, you know, pick up, get thrown. Like, everything changes in the race. And so I guess we'll have to wait and see and see how it goes. But the expectation of having to double stint potentially at certain points in certain races, that changes the strategy. I definitely hope we don't have to double stint. I'm not. I <laughs> um, guess that's uh, set now, and I'm, I'm not going to be changing that. But I think racing, 
I mean, it's still racing for sure, but I think racing is should be going fast and battling. And if the whole first stint you're going around saving tire so that then you can have something at the end, I mean, then you're just out there conserving tire. You're not racing anybody. And so there's a strategy behind it, but I think it's very boring. You guys were able to obliterate some records last year. How much of the team is back from 2023? As far as uh, last year goes, I think we have the whole team with the addition of uh, one and a half people. So it should look very familiar? Yes, it should be a, a very familiar team for sure. What is Paul Miller going to be happy with at the end of this year? It's a very good question. I mean, I think we can, we definitely won't be able to match what we did last year. I think last year is going to stay in the record books for a while, at least I would sure hope so. But we'll go out there and do our best, and hopefully we can end up on the podium a handful of times. And I think that would be a, a very good year for everyone. Well, there wasn't a lot of North American driving for Zach Robichon in 2023. What's still a good season? I mean, you won a championship yet again. You seem to just do that. And now you've reunited with a, a former rival, I'd like to say, with Roman DeAngelis, but sharing a car and joining Heart of Racing, the team that won this race a year ago. What is it that you think uh, good fortune just keeps smiling upon you to make these programs happen? It's a great, great question as to... Uh how do I find myself uh, in these situations? And, and like you said, we've had some great results. And I think it's about uh, so much more than just, you know, what, what can be done on the track. I think there's so many drivers who are so capable and, and have the, the abilities to, to win championships. But I think it's about, you know, making sure that I kind of surround myself with the right people um, and associating myself with great teams like we have here with Harder Racing. Uh, and then obviously to be, you know, back with Roman is a little bit different. You know, we were teammates in uh, Carrera Cup for three years, uh, 16, 17, 18, and you know, there's pictures of us from 10 years ago when I was driving his dad's cup car. So uh, we've known each other for a super long time and uh, very excited to be racing with him instead of against him uh, because, you know, he's obviously one of the toughest competitors. And, uh, yeah, I think it's been a great run, um, and I'm excited to be again doing the Endurance Cup here in IMSA. Uh, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a, a challenge, uh, but I mean that's why we're here. It's really cool that in GTD there were only two cars where every driver has won the race before, and you guys are one of them. Uh, even though the other three guys only got their first Rolexes last year, you got yours the year before. So it's been a very even growth pattern for all of you. How have you been fitting in with this team? Well, in the last like twelve hours since <laughs> I've met most of them, uh, it's been really good. Uh, they, you know. That's one thing that's that's great about racing is that uh, although maybe I haven't been with this team in particular, it's a small community. Everybody knows each other. Uh, so either you know because of Roman or because of the other guys, uh, I've had the opportunity to meet many of them. And now, uh, yeah, they, they've welcomed me immediately um, and uh, kind of welcomed me with open arms and kind of hit the ground running. So that's been really good. And uh, obviously I'm going to be pulling as much information as I can from them because they know these cars so well. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been good, and I'm looking forward to getting on track finally tomorrow. Given how many different cars you've driven over the course of your career, although you've been a Porsche specialist in the last couple of years, how are you expecting to find the Aston Martin? Because big front-engine car, I mean, it, it's pretty exciting, especially what you've got coming up this year with another program that was just announced. Yeah, so obviously, you know, as you've touched on, I've spent a lot of years driving Porsches. Um, 
I would say luckily, you know, within the Porsche brand, they had the RSR and the R, which one, one was mid-engine, one was rear engine. So the last two years, I've, I've kind of had that jumping between platforms. Um, so I've had that kind of experience to know when you have to adapt. Um, and then looking way back, like 2018, when I was racing in Cup and also LMP3. So it's not the first time I have to jump between different cars, but this will be the first time that I'll be driving a front-engine car. So I've never driven a front-engine car. I've never driven the Aston yet. Um, and then obviously with the WEC program being a different front-engine car, um, and that car I've only done like five laps in. So I, I'm really going in pretty pretty blind. And uh, But that being said, the way I always kind of look at it, it's, it's a race car, it's a steering wheel, it's got four tires. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. There's another semi-new aspect for you, uh, having a team car. And I know you've had experience with that over in Europe, but as far as racing in North America, you've kind of been at it on your own for a little while. So what's it going to be like sharing information with pro drivers in a pro car? I think that's great. You know, as you've mentioned, um, last year we had, with the 77 and the 16 car, we had a little bit of sharing. But uh, in the year prior with the 16 car, we were the only car. And it's also a little bit different when you're running in the same class. Uh, So now having two cars in different classes, there really is no inter-team competition whatsoever uh, and I think that can only help us uh, you know the everybody who's driving that 23 car they've got their resume speaks for themselves they super fast guys lots of success and that doesn't happen by accident so just having those extra drivers who are basically experiencing the same thing we will be in the car and get all the feedback together uh, it can only be a positive thing Okay, they know the car, but none of them has a Rolex, whereas all four of you guys have a Rolex. And there is no... I'm not going to put Ian down by calling him an AM, because he's not an AM. There is no weak link on your team. Does that give you guys a little boost of confidence going into the race? It's it's so hard to predict how these races are going to go. Uh, you know, you could have said the same thing last year. With us, we came in basically same lineup as the year before, minus uh, Richie, and obviously, you know, it didn't go to plan for X, Y reason. So, I think that the team has done a great job of putting together all the right pieces. And at this point in time, that's all you can do is is find which pieces fit together, and and then after that, it's the roll of the dice. Uh, so, from our side, I, I I can't really say that I would have done anything differently. If you look at the way they've done and put us put the team forward, I think it's perfect uh, and absolutely giving us the best chance at, at victory. But that being said, yeah, there's, what, like 20 cars in our class, and I think 15 of them have a legitimate chance at, at victory. So anybody can be on fire on any given day, and hopefully it's us next week. As far as championships are concerned, you and Roman are both sprint champions. You're both season-long champions. How much do you guys want that endurance championship, especially together? It, massive. You know, it's funny. I was, I was talking about this with, uh, with my family over the week. It's like I've done the IMSA championship, sprint championship, as you've touched on. Last year I did the ELMS championship. Uh, but I don't have the Endurance Cup Championship here in IMSA, and I don't have the WEC Championship. So I got two left, um, and uh, hopefully uh, two that will be uh, overcome in the, in the future. Yeah, you got uh, two shots at both of those this year, and I have to say the Endurance Championship trophy, oh, it's definitely the coolest. I mean, the Rolex is probably the coolest trophy all year, but the Endurance one, it's a sturdy trophy, so it looked good in your collection. I agree. I agree. A second Rolex wouldn't be too bad, uh, you know, because... 
the first one I kept for myself, and now my wife says she needs one too, and it's way too expensive to go buy my buy one. So <laughs> much easier for me to just try and win one so she can have her own. Yeah. Do you ever wear yours? Uh, I wore it at our wedding. Nice. And then uh, since then, it's been under my bed. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very strong flex to wear yeah. it at the wedding. Um, yeah. If you were to give one to her, do you think she would wear it? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, because she, she didn't have to work as hard for it as I did. <laughs> <laughs> Having won one, do you now know how much harder it is to try and win a second? I think now that I've... You know, that's, that's a great question because... I don't think I ever thought I would be able to win one. I never thought the opportunities would present themselves and and the luck and everything. And now that I've won one, I I think I almost think like it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And but it also makes you more motivated to go and get that that feeling again. So I I think I know how hard it is now and how lucky you have to be. Some you know some guys have been working at this for years and they haven't been able to get one. So hopefully. You know, we've put ourselves in our, the right place to, uh, yeah, to have at it. Hopefully lightning strikes twice next weekend. Good luck, Zach. Thank you very much. All right. Salih it's a cool thing when you get to come to Daytona and you drive through the tunnel for the first time and you see this track. Is it intimidating or exciting? I never thought about it like that, actually, to be no? honest. <laughs> uh, I've been here in 21, actually, yeah. driving in P2, so it's not my first time. But this is obviously a race I would like to win. This is like one of my top in top top races in my bucket list. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. I think we have a good lineup and a good chance. So yeah, let's see how it goes. You were eighth in that 2021 race, so you've learned a lot in the race. But obviously, a lot of room for improvement coming back. And there's not very many races that you go to and you don't learn from and improve. I'm thinking the Le Mans win back in 2020. That was a big achievement. Uh, that was a GT car, though. Um, now you're coming in LMP2, or sorry, GT again. But it's a Mercedes. How, how different is the Mercedes to the Aston Martin that I know you won championships in? I've actually raced in Mercedes as well in 2018. Yeah, 18 in uh, in now GT World. Back then was Blompen. I really like the car, to be honest. It's a it's a nice GT car to drive. So, um, how is it different to the Aston I drove? Um, I would say I, I would say Merc is a bit easier, easier to drive on the edge, maybe. But in like in general, there's not huge differences to be honest. And the differences are being made by the BOP decisions, made mostly in GT. So yeah, hopefully if we if we have a good one here, um, I think we have a good chance. Yeah. You've won championships in prototypes as well. Am I correct in thinking? Yeah. So coming back and forth to the GT cars, is it difficult to swap back to these style cars? Um, I don't know. I haven't driven one yet to be honest. Like it's been. <laughs> It's been three years, over three years, since I sat in a GT car. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, it's a different challenge again. And yeah, I, in the future, I would like to go back to prototype again. But for now, I'm happy with my decision. What What made you decide to come back to GT? What was it that enticed you, particularly for this race? Um, I think... I think it's a bit easier to manage things in a GT because there's more teams and more opportunities for the seats and everything. Uh, LMP2 with the smaller field is a bit less like that. And I want to go back to Wake and win. I lost it in 2020 in the last hour of the last race. So 
uh, that's where I want to be and there's now no prototypes, no LMP2s there, so uh, that's the main reason I wanted to go back to GTs. And hopefully, maybe next year I can again find a seat in WEC and, you know, fulfill the dream. Is this just a one-off race for you, or is there potential to do the Endurance Championship? No, I'm doing the Endurance Championship. Oh, perfect. So, which of the upcoming tracks, then, are you looking forward to the most? Because you've been to Sebring. Um, this one, I would say, most. Um, I haven't been to Road Atlanta or Indianapolis yet. I, I've been to Watkins last year, which I liked. Uh, that was in a prototype. Uh, Sebring, I, ca- I cannot say I'm looking forward to it. I, I didn't like the track at all when I came, for, when I raced there in 2018, but... I don't think our car particularly suited there, the Aston Martin, the old GT car. So that was the part of the experience as well. Uh, well I hope in this one it will be better, yeah. yeah. But I think the Daytona is the is the 24-hour races that's left for me to win in terms of you know which ones I want to do and win. So, yeah, this is the most important. You guys were one of the last driver lineups announced. When did you find out you were going to get the chance to race at Daytona? Not too long ago, actually. I think it's been like maybe a month. Oh wow! Yeah, not not so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a lot of time to, to get ready for this race. I mean, we always keep ourselves ready. Yeah. Like if it's if, if, if it wasn't here, it was going to be somewhere else. So yeah, it doesn't make a difference. And last question, I've been asking a lot of people: If you do win the Rolex, are you going to wear it, or is it going to be in a box somewhere? <laughs> I, I would wear it, I guess. Yeah. Depends on what model, model they give, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Sally. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a bit of a strange feeling when silence settles over the high banks of Daytona International Speedway after three days of lots of noise. Yeah, there's still the occasional race engine that's being revved as the cars are being brought back to their garages for the final time, where they will be stripped down to nothing and then completely rebuilt before we're back on track Thursday for the actual Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona prep. Different tire allocations, different decisions for people looking at what they're going to learn, and hopefully very different weather because Saturday and Sunday, it got quite chilly here in Daytona. Now we wait. We wait for the actual race to start. By the time you're listening to this, we've got our four pole sitters. We know what the race is going to look like when we see the green flag. We have no idea what it's going to look like at the checkered flag. And ultimately, who will go home with potentially 15, maybe 16 new Rolex watches. But for now, thank you for joining me through this expedition at the Roar Before the 24 for 2024. A little bit of symmetry going on there. I'm Shay Adam. Be with us on IMSA Radio all year long. Every session that we can bring you, we will. That's our promise. So for now, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.